Hello, this is Toby Strong with another podcast. I am sorry there's been such a pause, but I've had the virus and it's knocked me for six a little. Anyway, this is called Camels and Wolves. Human Planet may have been the hardest and best series I've worked on. Our kit was primitive compared to today's drone-laden, gimbal-wielding utopia, but we told incredible stories with incredible people. We travelled to Western Mongolia to the Altai, a unique part of the globe made up of shattered mountains and freezing sand dunes. Snow leopards, eagles and wolves were in charge here. We went to find a man called Gambold, a camel herder and nomad. To get to him, we had three days solid driving from the capital of Ulaanbaatar. We travelled in a Vogon, which, if you imagine an old battered Land Rover and an old battered VW camper having an old battered baby, add the stench of diesel fumes, purple cushions and a single looped cassette of a tortured man singing through his nostrils, you'll begin to envisage our journey. Every few miles we'd pass a cairn of stones strewn with prayer flags. Always we would stop. Everyone would alight from the plus 40 interior to the minus 20 exterior. We would stumble clockwise around the cairn three times for luck before clambering back inside and trundling across the vast emptiness in a generally westerly, generally off-roady fashion. There is much of day-to-day living in Mongolia that I love and want to share, but I've been blessed to film here a few times, so I must keep some tales for another time. Mongolia is huge and sandwiched between China and Russia. You may expect a taciturn, surly people. The truth is the opposite. No one is more welcoming and more generous. Their humour, boisterous and self-depreciating, I like Mongolians a lot and cannot remember one I didn't like immensely. Gambold's Gur, his yurt, was set up when we arrived on the edge of the sand dunes with the Altai as a backdrop. The dunes were capped with snow, not from a recent fall, it's too dry for that here. The snow is blown from hundreds of miles away in Russia to end up caught against the rising bulk of the mountains. That's why Gambold was here. His camels need water and there is no liquid water, so they get what they need from snow. Where the snow lies, Gambold, his family, the Gurr and the camels follow. We were there at that time because it was starting to warm up. Although we were still plunging to minus 20 at night, we were heading towards spring, and as it warmed from the Mongol winter, the snow would melt and the caravan would be forced to move closer and closer to the mountains where it lasted longest. But the mountains was the domain of the wolves, and with Gamble's cam- camels having young, this was the most dangerous time of the year. He was forced to live in the territory of his greatest enemy. We were here to film and document this tense time. We set up our own girls a few hundred metres away. Living, operating and filming here is not easy, but it is always a joy. There was a girl for us all to sleep in, one for us all to eat in, and one for the kit. There's always a stove in the middle that gets to about a thousand degrees just after you go to bed in sleeping bags on yak skins. Then it slowly drops until you're shivering cold, until the middle of the night when the watchman stokes it up. There is a hole in the roof that remains open, and you lie on your yak skins looking up and watch Orion and Scorpio wheeling overhead. Morning clothes are kept in the bottom of your sleeping bag and bundled on in the glow of the stove. You stumble to the loo, which has a hole in the ground, your mouth wide open as you gaze up at the pre-dawn wonder of a non-light-polluted Milky Way. Always chatter and laughter from the food gear, where our cooks and the drivers and guides are always deep into a vast bowl of noodles. Hot tea and tin mugs, beaming faces, and the promise of a unique day are good ways to start a morning. 
We soon realised that to film with Gambold, we couldn't drive or walk, we had to ride a camel. I'm just a stranger to camel riding, even filming from camels. I hate it. There is no more painful way to travel. Imagine hanging onto a vast hairy belly whilst being struck between the legs every few seconds. This vast hairy belly is attached to a shouty spitty face with lots of teeth. But these were not normal camels. These were Bactrian camels, the much rarer Asian two-humped hairy variety. They were chilled, not shouty and aggressive. You got blankets and saddles and got to wedge between their two humps. And the best bit was when you got cold you could bury your hands in their deep coats. We learnt to balance and strap our kit to the sides. And off we went like overexcited kids pretending to play it cool and failing. We spent days out with Gambold and his sons, tending his camels and watching for wolves. It was a special time. We went off for a while and spent it high up on the mountain ridges, riding our camels and occasionally stopping to scan for wolves. We learnt not to look for the wolves. S.A., our guide, told us that a wolf would always be followed by a pair of ravens. Our limited experience found this to be true. I remember evenings almost asleep on my camel, riding a ridgeline back to camp with the desert far below and a fat moon rising. One morning, I climbed with my early morning cup of coffee up to the nearest ridge to watch the sunrise. I stopped as I realised I was treading in snow leopard tracks, razor sharp in their crispness. Senses heightened, I followed them and came to an outcrop. Here, the snow leopard's urine was still dissolving the snow. I scanned around. Nothing. The most elusive and magical of big cats had vanished. It had watched me climbing towards it. Our days were full, and the evenings were spent cleaning kit and preparing for the next day. We would hang in Gambold's Gur when we were able. It was a space of warmth and laughter. His wife and daughters were always jolly, always welcoming. The girl was never anything other than spotless. They cooked up huge meals, mostly comprising of camel. They have very little else. Camel milk, camel cheese, camel meat and camel vodka. The latter was drunk in quantity and Gambod insisted we all had a toast and a shot before the working day. Storms often enveloped us. On one such night we were all squeezed in filming as the family talked. There was a guest who had turned up, an old man, a legendary hunter. He told a tale of a wrestler and a pregnant lady stuck in a girl in a snowstorm as a snow leopard tried to get at them through the roof hole. They'd fought it off, but both wounded and scarred. We all gazed up at the roof hole and shuffled a little nearer the fire. As we filmed that night and the wind howled, Gambled looked up and said that it was always in the bad weather that wolves did their dirty work. We followed him out into the gale as he took a last check of the camels. One was missing. His prized, heavily pregnant female. Nothing could be done now. We would have to wait until dawn. Nobody slept. As the storm abated and the light grew, one of Gambold's sons went out. He shouted. The wolves had indeed come down from the mountains and found a way into the enclosure and killed a few of their sheep, just as Gambold had predicted. Suddenly, it all felt very real. It wasn't just an adventure for us. We were documenting a way of life for people who lived on the edge. They were utterly reliant on their animals for everything. Tea was drunk silently. No laughter as I filmed Gambold loading his rifle. We set off in search for his camel. Soon we cut tracks of wolves. They were apparently very fresh. We were deep in the dunes. Camels were tied and we followed on foot. The mood was suddenly very tense and adrenaline pumped through us. I followed Gambold as he crested a ridge. A shout, a glimpse of fleeing wolf and a shot fired. 
He missed by country mile, but now we were in a race to find the camel before the wolves, if they hadn't already. As the afternoon lengthened, a shout went up, and in the distance a camel could be seen with something smaller next to it. We sped up, expecting the worst. We jumped from the camels and filmed as gambled, walked up to his favourite camel, with a newborn at her side. She couldn't yet stand, but was healthy and full of life. Out here she wasn't safe, and evening was closing in, and she still couldn't walk, so Gamble threw her over his shoulders and rode her home on his camel, the dutiful mother close behind. That evening celebrations and vodka toasting were magnificent and joyous. It was the perfect end to our story of a truly exceptional family and their vanishing way of life. Thank you very much for listening, and do please subscribe.